Pastor Ed Taylor has this to say about the faith that God gives to us when we need it most. It comes as a gift. It's just there right when you need it. Suddenly you have the faith to do it. Many times you're wondering right in the midst, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And you might even get on the other side and look back and go, what have I done? If it was the manifestation of faith, you've obeyed God. And he's going to take care of the result of your obedience. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. Hello, friend. Glad to have you on board as we present Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We're in the midst of a series on the Holy Spirit and discussing the various manifestations of the Spirit. You might think of these as gifts that God gives to us for a specific moment in time, just when we need it. Today, we'll draw your attention to the manifestation of faith as we get back to 1 Corinthians 12. This manifestation of the Spirit, faith. Do you know in Jude 20, by the way, is in that, speaking of growing faith, in Jude chapter 1, there's only one chapter, verse 20, it speaks about keeping yourself in the love of God and building yourselves up, how? On your most holy faith. You can actually build yourself up in the faith, trusting in the Lord, knowing that he's going to come through. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, it speaks of this manifestation of the spirit, faith, in verse 9. The manifestation of the gift of faith is that sudden surge of faith that usually shows up in a crisis that God will give to you to confidently believe without doubting what's been set before you. Now, I want that. Amen? I want that in my life. I need that in my life. As God leads me into places where I need to exercise a faith that I don't currently possess. How does he do that? By this manifestation of the Spirit. As you look through the giftings, for instance, if you have the gift of teaching, the gift of faith will come along in the gift of teaching to say something that perhaps will be very offensive to everyone, but you need the faith just to say it because that's what God once said. One of the reasons so many pulpits today lack power is because their pastors are just afraid to speak the truth. And if they went home on Saturday night and they prayed for the gift of faith to say what the church needed to sit here, then God would give them that faith and they'd be able to say and their churches would be just, just revolutionized in the spirit. But you walk into the pulpit in the strength of man and there's some scary faces out there. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> Remember Jeremiah? He was told in his ministry, don't you be afraid of their faces. Why? Because as you serve the Lord, you need a faith that is not currently yours to persevere no matter what the response might be. That's just the gift of teaching. 
You can see the gift of faith in mercy to continue on loving someone. You can see the gift of faith in the gifting. You can see the manifestation of faith in the gift of service. Where God brings you to greater responsibilities in your ministry. But you're too afraid to take the step. And what does God give you? Enough faith to say yes. That's all you need to say. You're so afraid of what's going to happen 10 years from now. And all it really is is say yes right now. Today. I don't know. I don't know if I can say yes. What if I lose my job and the dog runs away? And what happens here? And I I just, I I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Day after day after, I don't know what to do. And finally, you just open yourself. God, what do you want me to do? And in an instant, there's faith. Just say yes. You pick up the, yes, okay. And you begin to step out. And you find out it's not as bad as you thought it was. It's actually pretty exciting. Your dog didn't run away after all. Now you got six dogs. You didn't even know. And you're just stepping out. How did you get there? Well, God gave you the faith to say yes in your desire to obey him in your gifting as a servant. Powerful. There is that wonderful, sovereign work of the Spirit that would encourage you to go forward in the acts of God that has brought you to this place. You could say that this manifestation of faith is a supernatural confidence, a special faith in the moment to trust God. And in a supernatural way, it blows my mind each time this comes, but God will take away every doubt and every fear in your heart and will fill that void with faith. And when he does it, you're at a place where I wish I could have this forever, but that's not how it works. God gives you faith for the moment. So that there isn't anyone walking around today. These manifestations of the Spirit are not spiritual giftings where, well, I just have the gift of faith. You could say, I had the gift of faith, but you just don't walk around with this gifting of faith. It comes sovereignly by the Spirit when it's needed. And you go, wait a minute, Ed, I've seen the gift of faith, but I've also also seen tremendous times of fears and doubts. Right, and in those times of fears and doubts, God did not endow you with the gift of faith in that moment. He let you feel the weight of fears and doubts. And at other times when he wanted to move you and give you the action, you were ready to receive it, gave you faith, and just did it. Something recently in our own church, we've seen this time and again, this first year of our Christian Academy. It's a big investment. It's a big commitment. Times aren't as good as they were a few years ago. Making a decision on private school is, is tough. We were sharing our vision with people. There are people out there, that's crazy, you can't be doing that. And I'm like, we're going to do it by the... By faith in God, like, we're not going to worry about what's going on. If God told us to do it, we're going to do it. And so moment after moment, you have parents laboring. God, what do you want me to do? Do you want my child in there? They start to measure everything else. And what put them over the edge to get the application, what put them over the edge to fill it out, what put them over the edge to put their deposit was a manifestation of faith for that minute, that moment, that time. And we've seen it happen many times. It's that gift of faith that pushed some parents over the edge. Other parents decided from the Lord, this wasn't God's will this year. Well, there wasn't a necessity for the gift of faith. Or you needed just as much faith. Think of it this way. You needed just as much faith from the Lord to say no as you did to say yes. And God supplied that. And you could just trust us from him. I love this. Turn over to Matthew chapter 17 now. Let me show you a few examples. Matthew 17. <laughs> Even before we look at any examples in, in the Bible, I hope you're hungering to have this manifestation of faith. Like, God, there are things in my life, you might, even be, you, you might even be praying right now. 
in your own heart, just you and the Lord, there are things in your life you need faith. You, you need the faith of God to go all the way, to make the decision. Jesus talks about that mustard seed faith. It's interesting, Matthew 17, verse 14. When they came to the multitude, a man came to him kneeling down saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. And then Jesus said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and he came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. And then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, we couldn't cast him out. And notice verse 20. Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind doesn't come out except by prayer and fasting. Here's an example of the disciples not having faith. And instead of faith, they had unbelief. And in their unbelief, they didn't even have a little mustard seed faith. They had nothing. And it was in their unbelief that then this young boy was brought to Jesus and he was healed. What this tells me is if they even had just a little amount of faith, if, they've, if in that moment they would have received the manifestation of the gifting of faith, there would have been a healing before them, but they weren't there. It's incredible faith that isn't worked up, this gifting. It can't be developed, it can't be grown, it can't be coursed, it can't be created. It's a manifestation. It's where the Spirit is made manifest through faith. God lays before you a humanly impossible situation. You have figured it out that it is impossible. And yet he gives you the faith to walk in his supernatural ability and not in your own inabilities. And the disciples here just didn't have that manifestation of faith. Instead, they stuck in their unbelief, which tells me that there is a barrier in receiving this wonderful manifestation of faith when you decide and I decide to dwell in unbelief. Unbelief stifles our action and our activity. It actually, unbelief has a corresponding action backwards, the opposite of belief taking you forwards. A lot of times we look at unbelief and go, well, there's no movement at all. That's not true. Unbelief actually moves you backwards. You take a step back, and you take a step back. And before you know it, you're back on your heels instead of moving forward in the things of God. Turn over to Acts chapter 3. Look at this. Acts chapter 3. Here's a man that's been begging for years. I'm sure Peter and John passed him time and time again. But this time it was different. The Spirit arrests Peter and John as they're going up together, verse 1, to the temple to pray. This certain man was lame from his mother's womb. They carried and laid him, there, laid him there daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Chances are that this man was there even in the time of Jesus. And they would walk by him many, many times. And he stayed in his condition of not being healed. And here... In verse 3, they seized Peter and John about to go into the temple. He asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. That is not the manifestation of faith here. Not yet. He's being given a word of knowledge here. This isn't the gift of faith. I'll show you the gift of faith in a moment. It's, about, it's just unbelievable. 
So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And now the gift of faith is coming in. Silver and gold I do not have, but I, what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. <laughs> okay. Wow. Think of that in your life. To be confronted with a person stuck in their condition. In this case, a physical. It could be emotional, it could be spiritual, they're just stuck. And God not only gives you a knowledge that they're ready to come out of it, that he's ready to bring them out of it, but then he gives you the words to share and then the faith to say it. This is supernatural, this manifestation. This is an incredible healing, but the apostles didn't heal everyone. This gift of faith didn't show up all the time. It was only in those sovereign times of God wanting to work. And we'll look at the gifts of healing in our studies coming up. But here I want you to see that this gift of faith moves them to action to something that is humanly impossible. This gift of faith, be careful, it's not something that allows you to go out whenever you want and to do whatever you want. Like you read that, mustard seed faith, you mean I can rearrange the Rockies? No. Jesus was painting a picture for you of impossibility. You can't walk around, I think I'll just rearrange the geography, move this mountain over here. It would be great if you could do that in your backyard. I don't like this tree here. Instead of having to spend all day digging it up and figuring out how to move it, just, you know, tree move. That's not this at all. It's a sovereign gift of God given for the moment. It's episodic, coming from God when necessary. It can't be worked up. It's not something that can be whipped into a frenzy where the the whole service has been designed to whip you up into excitement and a frenzy to build your faith. You may or may not be given the manifestation of faith in that condition. You might, you might not. But things don't need to be whipped up into a frenzy for you to be given faith to believe God and what he wants you to do. You could be sitting there motionless. It comes as a gift. It's just there right when you need it. Suddenly you have the faith to do it. Many times you're wondering, right in the midst, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And you might even get on the other side and look back and go, what have I done? If it was the manifestation of faith, you've obeyed God. And he's going to take care of the result of your obedience. That's often what happens when a manifestation of faith shows up and you make the decision almost immediately you start to be fearful about it in the world in a non-spiritual way you might hear the phrase buyer's remorse you get all whipped up I want this I want this and then on your way home you're like I don't think I should have got this and then you take it back and find out that the store just changed their return policy and now it's yours well a similar thing happens in the spiritual realm where God builds you up to a place where you're ready to go, the Spirit gives you that gift of faith, you make the decision, and then the enemy just in your flesh just jumps in, what have you done? Are you crazy? And then, and then friends and family sometimes get in, how could you do this? What are you thinking? And really, all your, all your answer can be is, I just believe it's from God, Dad. I just, I, I, just, I, I can't explain it. And then you begin to pray for more faith so that you can continue to grow in that decision and not pull back in regret and fear, which are physical. 
God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And as you are being pulled back with the fleshly tendencies of fear and anxiety, the spirit is pushing you nudgingly forward. No, keep going. Keep going. You're on the right path. I know nobody understands you right now, and some of them never will. But I understand you. And isn't that a comforting thing to hear from the Lord? I'm with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Yes. John chapter 21. Let's look at another. John 21. This gift of faith. You can pray for it. You can ask the, manifest, the Spirit to give you a manifestation of faith. Are you up against a difficult decision? Do you, are you right on the edge? You're ready to go over, but fear has gripped you. Pray that God would give you the faith to decide. To do it. Jump in. In John chapter 21, fishing all night. The result? Catching nothing. And at the word of Jesus, in the minute of the word of Jesus, not only did they, look at verse 6, well, verse 5. Jesus said to them, children, which is a term of endearment. He's just loving on them. Hey, guys, hey, kids. Hey, you guys catch anything? And they answered, no. They've been working all night. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. In that command, at the very same time, I believe, the manifestation of faith showed up. So that not only did they hear, because wouldn't you, if you're really experienced at something, and you have worked all day to try to figure it out. I mean, you've done this your whole life. You have spent your entire life. You're a fisherman. You know exactly. You got all the right tools. You you got the right boat. You got the little deal that can tell you everything under there. And and you have gone right to where you need to be. And you've been there all day. And you're frustrated. You're upset. All you caught with these little guys. And and then they spit at you and go, oh, and you got to throw them back. And you're so mad. And then somebody comes up. You're not quite sure. Hey, uh, you guys, how you been doing? (coughs) What do you mean how I've been doing? I got like a billion dollars of stuff here and I've caught nothing. Ah. Why don't you try the other side? Well, how would you respond? Oh, okay. <laughs> I doubt it. You would need, in that illustration, you would need God to show up in a powerful way. That you would just give it a shot. Just give it a shot. Because everything in you, all your experience, all your background, All your past, everything about you is like, you can't tell me how to fish. You're not even a fisherman. You can't tell. And you would just need that faith so that when God is speaking to you, isn't this so true in your life, believer? Haven't you found this to be true in other areas of your spiritual life where you've been walking with the Lord for a while and and you just think you got it figured out? You've got a few years under your belt, a few trials you've overcome, a few open doors you've come through, and yeah, there's been some difficult times, but if we were to ask you, hey, how's your walk with the Lord? I'm, I'm great, never been better. And then God comes to you and says, no, now it's time for this. And, and it rubs you the wrong way, and you start leaning on your own understanding, and ah, that's not for me. I'm I already know how God works in my life. I've already seen his pattern in my life. I all of a sudden now you are taking the leading of the Holy Spirit and you're explaining it away. What you need in that moment is faith to do what God has clearly asked you and called you to do. I know putting myself in this fishing scenario, I would be a little upset. 
I would be a little self-righteous. I'd be a little self-centered. I'd be a little judgmental on you. I'd start to undermine you, not undercut you. How could you? Why would you trying to hurt my feelings? You tell me I'm stupid. You know, I don't know how to fish. I'd start to, instead of, that would be my natural response, but my spiritual response is, this is from you, Lord. I want to do it. And yet you know the feeble condition of my mind in my life. <laughs> you know how hard it is for me to believe in you. Haven't you found it to be true? You could take a thousand steps of faith, and that thousandth and one is just as hard as the first one. You need the same amount of faith. Because God, what he's going to do, he's going to take you from glory to glory and strength to strength. It's such an exhilarating thing to take a step of faith and to watch God work, but then you like that step of faith and you think it's always going to come that way. And you feel a little confident because you did it and you went through it and it's wonderful. And I hope they all come like this. They don't. God's going to grow you through them. He's going to watch you mature. He's going to build up in you a dependence and a trust that at that moment he's going to get you right to the edge and then right when you, you're like, I don't know, I'm not, boom, God pushes you through with this gift of faith, this supernatural surge of belief to help you take the next step. We're enjoying a study of the Holy Spirit here on Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor is our teacher on the program. You can request today's message or the complete set of studies in our series by calling 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or if it's easier, drop by calvaryaurora.org where you can listen online for free. Ed, as you were talking about the manifestation of faith today and how God often gives this to us when we're in a crisis, I couldn't help but think of this month's resource. This month's resource is one that is well overdue, Larry. I think that I am a little bit apologetic in some ways of not making this available sooner. It's actually a book that's been on my shelf for quite some time. And I had recently, I mean, we're talking just in the last four to six weeks, uh, gone through a, a real deep uh, crisis or just discouragement in my mind. I was processing some things and, you know, I've had this ongoing battle and difficulty for five years, but there were some new things going on and some interpersonal stuff. And, and I saw this book out of the corner of my eye and it is called The Prisoner in the Third Cell by Gene Edwards. Now, two books everyone needs to have in their library, The Tale of Three Kings, which really speaks to being hurt in the church, to being hurt by another believer. And this one, The Prisoner in the Third Cell, which speaks of having unrealistic expectations both toward people, but especially toward God. And this book takes the life of John the Baptist. Remember, he was sitting in prison, about ready to get his head cut off, and he sends word to Jesus, and he says, are you really the Messiah? Now, why would he ask that? Well, we know that he pointed at Jesus and he called him the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. We know that he most likely grew up with Jesus and around Jesus. We know that he's the one that said, I can't even tighten the sandal straps. He's the one that baptized Jesus and heard the Father from heaven say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Why would he send a question like that? Well, he sent it because he was doubting. And in his discouragement and the pain of his life, he was wondering if believing in God was worth it and if he even had the right Messiah. I'm telling you, we all go through seasons like this, and this is no ordinary book. Gene Edwards writes in such a way where, you know, first of all, you could read this book, no matter how you fast you read books, in about a half hour. 
Uh, but he writes it like a play, and he unfolds it with these beautiful illustrations. He's he's a gifted writer. Please do get this. If you can support Abounding Grace by getting it, please do. We, we could use the support. Uh, it takes a lot of resources to keep our radio broadcast on around the country. But even if you get it on Kindle and, and you don't support the radio at all, please get these two books. A Tale of Three Kings, which isn't actually the, the pick of the month. The pick of the month this month is Prisoner in the Third Cell. You've got to get this. I mean, especially if, you've, if, if you're hurting, if you're doubting God, and, and you're in deep pain, the Holy Spirit will build your faith by pointing you back to the life of John the Baptist and the faithfulness of God. We'll gladly send you The Prisoner in the Third Cell by Gene Edwards when you support Abounding Grace today with a gift of $25 or more. You can call us at 877-30-GRACE or go online to calvaryaurora.org for easy online giving. We look forward to continuing the study on the Holy Spirit next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. In the meantime, let's be drawing on God's abounding grace for daily living. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Chapel, Aurora. 